if you're just gentle and understanding and compassionate and you just politely send a second or third email and don't get upset about it, I think um, persistence pays off. Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Jeremy Fondo of QuickMail.io. Hey, and this is Jack from emailsthatsell.com. Today, interview. So everybody, we're very grateful to have Derek Sivers on the show. Derek is the most creative human being that I have ever come across in my life in terms of just raw output and uh, just high quality stuff between music and companies and ideas and books and programming and everything. So we're here talking about Derek on how he connects with people primarily through email and Derek, welcome to the show, man. Thanks, Jack. You are the first and only author I have ever encountered who actually has their email address listed on the final page of the book. Why do you, you know, sort of change course as opposed to other authors who link to, let's say, their Twitter profile? Why email? Ooh, okay. Well, those are two questions there. Okay. So, well, for one, the why not Twitter, kind of like you hear stories of people who lived through the Great Depression and then never again for the rest of their lives or their children's lives ever threw out a piece of food because they lived through that. So I got online in 1994. I went through the first dot-com boom and bust where a lot of companies that everybody were completely depending on, like we'll use MySpace as an example or mb3.com, every single musician, not just had a MySpace page, but depended on it and actually built it into their album artwork, their MySpace URL, put it on the back of their album. And then MySpace goes out of business and they're just like, oh, well, you just lost your entire fan base. Sorry. So I would never depend on a company's platform for people to reach me. So yeah, I would never use Twitter or anything else to say, this is where you find me. Because we don't know what's going to happen. Twitter could go out of business this year in 2020. Twitter could be gone. Facebook could go out of business. And all of, you know, everybody you know, the way that they connect could be gone. It's unlikely, but it happens. So I only ever send people to my website, my email address, because that's a non-commercial thing that I control. So, but as far as why I want people to contact me, you know, technically I'm retired. I sold my company 12 years ago. I haven't done anything for money in 12 years. So these days, my currency is meeting and knowing cool, interesting people. It's like my favorite part of what I do. That's what I like about being a little famous is the people that you meet. It's like my favorite thing when I get an email from a guy that's, um, you know, whatever, running a banana plantation in Ecuador and introduces himself and somebody else is a, an investor in Lebanon and how cool that I meet these people. So it's like my favorite part of my job is hearing from strangers around the world, which is part of what a big reason that I got interested in doing your podcast versus the others that I've said no to is the of our conversation today. Yeah, you heard him, right? You know, Derek said no to a lot of podcasts, but he said yes to all one. So while we're talking about uh, your, let's say, goal or your appreciation for interesting people reaching out to you, 
why don't we just take a quick second? Listeners, Derek wants to hear from you. Um, Derek, I mean, <laughs> if you're interesting, love if it. If you're interesting, I mean, yeah, yeah let's yeah. put some let's put some guidelines here. But um, how do we get a hold of you, Derek, if we want to tell you about ourselves, what we're up to, and just get in touch? If you go to sivers.org, you'll see a big link that says contact, and you'll see my email address in plain and out in the open. I'm not worried about spam. And I have a whole thing on there where I ask people like, yeah, please introduce yourself. You don't have to have a question for me. Just say hello and introduce yourself. But yeah, let's, we're going to include this in the conversation because nobody has ever asked me about this subject before, about the whole subject of cold emailing and all of that. I think it's a fascinating subject I have so much to say about. So uh, yeah, let's dive into it. Let's dive in. One thing I'd like to ask you, actually, is you mentioned you're retired, so money is not really what you're pursuing at the moment, and you're pursuing, you know, your currency, shall I say, is actually connecting with other human beings. Now, I would ask you the same question to someone who is pursuing money, it's to what extent, what do you do with it? So the same thing would happen with connecting with humans, you know, finding interesting people, that's great, but what do you do with it? It's just like a hobby then? Or what do you actually do with it? Yeah, I don't think of that as a means to an end. I think of that as the mm. the end. It would almost be the other way around, say, with money. It's like, well, why do you want to be rich? It's like, well, so that I don't have to do work I don't like or whatever reason people would give. Money, I could see, is more of a, a means to an end. Okay. But people, to me, are the end, not the means. So what's interesting to me is that it could also be interpreted that way. So what do you do is all those connections, do anything with it at all? Or like, what does that actually bring you personally? Like you could live like a hermit. A lot of people choose to do that, but you choose to actually, you know, connect with more people, which is beautiful. I mean, Jack and I are like big advocate of effectively connecting with people. But do you see what I mean here? Yeah. Um, I think maybe what you're getting at is that um, often it, no, rarely, Sometimes or rarely, it leads to much more than just an email in the inbox. So if somebody, I'd say like, okay, here, let's use a real example. So at least 20 times, I've contacted someone after loving their book or their music or their work in some way. I'll just find a way to contact the author or the creator, the musician, whatever, and just find a way to contact them and tell them, like, holy shit, that was brilliant. I loved that album. Or I loved your book. This was amazing. I love your writing. Count me as a fan. And only once or twice, I got no response. But the rest responded warmly. And many of them have turned into friends. Like, we actually, you know, call each other on the phone and shoot the shit. And, and a couple of them have turned into really dear best friends. And then vice versa, when I think back about the people that I'm friends with now, including somebody I was just speaking with up until the minute before our call today, a lot of my current friends are people that cold emailed me after hearing one of my interviews or TED Talks or reading my book or something. And they emailed out of the blue, they introduced themselves and went, wow, you're really interesting. We traded some emails back and forth. And I said, we should talk. And uh, started talking on the phone, no matter where they are in the world. And it's one of the coolest things to me that I have friends around the world that I've never even met face to face, but we've talked on the phone every week or two for years now. They just live in Lithuania or Hong Kong or Australia or places yeah. that I haven't been. Awesome. And they're actually 
dear good friends. And four of those have actually turned into romances. Uh, so yeah, I'm a fan of this subject. <laughs> okay. I don't know if that counts as like, you know, what do you do with those emails? <laughs> but it's it's turning them into actual relationships. Relationship building. I think that's really the where it's going, where it is, what it's all about. You know, it's funny though, when you say relationship building like that, like those two words. Oh, together, do I sound like a salesperson? It makes it sound salesy, <laughs> right? Um, I can't care. I can't care. Do you know what I mean though? It's, I know it, it is the literal definition. You're not wrong. But yeah, unfortunately, those words get used as some kind of like business scammy thing. Don't you already have like a lot of friends, a lot of relationships? Do you actually need more or? They come and go. You know, at some point, we only have like 24 hours in a day, right? <laughs> right, right. No, I'm not a mad socialite. <laughs> but yeah, friendships come and go in life. I don't know about you, but yeah, there are people that I, were, that I was friends with five years ago or two years ago that I'm not really friends with anymore. Like, yeah, friendships come and go and the new ones come in. And So Derek, yeah. you've done this, uh, you said at least 20 times and only once or twice you've been ignored. So you must <laughs> be doing something right. Can you tell us about that kind of outreach that you're doing? Let's say it's a musician or you just, let's pick an author, mm -hmm. just finished a book and said, that was, uh, I don't know, fabulous read. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go reach out. So is it always through email? And do you have like sort of a format for how you reach out? You always ask a question. Tell me about that. No. Okay. So in preparation for our conversation today, I prepared my top five tips All right. <laughs> on this subject. Yes. So, um, so here are my five tips. I'll run through them quickly first and then we'll elaborate. So number one, only ask one question and Asking no questions is okay. So zero or one questions. Tip number two, don't be too succinct. Tip number three, show them who's talking and show your worth. Tip number four, switch to voice if it's mutual. And tip number five, never ask if they will mentor you. So now let's elaborate. Okay, so the first one, only one question and just a compliment is okay. What I mean by that is that it's totally fine. And, and if you ask how I've usually reached out to the people I admire most, it's usually just like I described five minutes ago, where I just find their email address and I just tell them like, oh my God, I loved your book. This is brilliant writing. I just want to tell you what a huge impact it had on me. I read a lot and this is one of the best things I've read in years. I just wanted to say thanks and count me as a fan. That's it. No question, no burden on them. And a lot of people love hearing that. You know, I mean, if it's anything short of, you know, some worldwide superstar Oprah level person, most people are going to be really happy to get an email like that, you know? And if you do want to ask a question, then only one. I hate it when I get an email that's like, wow, I liked your book. I have six questions for you. Oh God, <laughs> really? Okay, so this is the next hour of my life. It's answering <laughs> your six questions, you know? I just want to crystallize for, <laughs> for our, our audience out there. You're listening to somebody who is at a point where, Master. yeah, Derek, you're reaching a lot of people and you're very open about sharing how to get in touch and you encourage people to do that. So when Derek says, don't write six questions because God, what a time investment, you're hearing from somebody who probably gets, I would imagine, more of these outreach kind of emails than anybody else that we might be talking to for the rest of the whole podcast. So uh, Derek, we're really listening when you say don't overwhelm. It sounds like you're coming from 
both sides of that screen as the email sender yes. and as the recipient. Yeah. And I've, oh, I wish I, I should have looked up my exact numbers before we talked, but I was about to ask them actually. <laughs> I think, um, I think I've answered, I think I read, so I, I wrote my own email system. If you've ever received an email from me, it was sent from my own email client. I wrote myself. So I keep track of exactly how many emails I've received from how many people and how many I've sent and all that kind of stuff. It's all in the database. So point is, I've answered something like, I'm just going to pick a number, but something like 85,000 emails from <laughs> 65,000 people over the last 11 years. Like I, it's, it's intense. And for example, we are talking right now on the 1st of April. So in March, because of the start of the pandemic fun, I sent an email to everybody in my mailing list saying, how are you? Yes, that's a real question. I really want to know. And 7,000 people replied <laughs> in two days. And I took 12 days and I replied to 7,000. E I read no every single way. one of them and I replied to 7,000 emails. It took about... It, I'm not exaggerating. It took about 16 hours per day for 12 days, but I did it. <laughs> I would just wake up at 6 a.m. and I'd start typing until midnight and then I would sleep for six hours and do it again. I did that for 12 days until they were done. So yes. Can I say thank you on behalf of those 7,000 people? <laughs> I was one of them. And that was really cool to hear back from you, man. That's, cool. that's, uh, nobody does that, right? So yeah, we yeah. appreciate it as someone so, in your tribe. I guess it's fair to say I know how to email. <laughs> I know a thing or two about email. Yeah, so with that, number two. So yeah, with that, let's go to tip number two. So don't be too succinct. So some people trying to be considerate dispense of all human greetings and they just bark out a question. Hi, Derek, love your book. What's the meaning of life? Thanks, Dave. <laughs> and I get what Dave is trying to do. He's trying to not waste my time, but I look at that, I'm like, hell dude like but on the other hand some people email and tell me their life story i look at an email i'm like oh my god are you serious hey, it goes on free for book. six pages scrolling, scrolling right. it's a free right. book right there <laughs> i'm like oh my god seriously wow and, and they actually say at the end of the email like well you know this took a couple hours to write but it was very cathartic thank you <laughs> so the best is in between so have some personality mention something memorable you're actually doing the recipient a favor if you say something interesting, even if it's just like, you know, I'm writing this from a tree fort in New Mexico right now where my leg and my feet are dipped in a pond or something, whatever it may be, like something, anything, a few words that make it different from the average email. Okay. Um, I was just going to say the make it something interesting. I don't know. Uh, just something that I may have used when I wrote to you is like, hey, I'm having a baby in a couple days. And like, maybe that's all we're talking about. Is, is that yes, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah, cool. What I call it, I call it humanizing the inbox. Yeah. Where if somebody, for example, doesn't tell me where they are, it's one of my first questions. I get an email from Juan Carlos and I'm like, okay, I'll answer your question, but who are you, dude? Give me some context. Where are you? Are you writing me from New York City or from you know, from Patagonia? Give me some context. Yeah. I remember at some point, like in the early years of QuickMail, I was traveling a lot and answering support as well. And people absolutely loved that. I told them like, hey, right now in Berlin, blah, blah, blah. I even send them a picture because, yes, you know, I was like currently traveling. So I said like, hey, 
currently in Berlin, this is what I see. I'll come back to you in two days or something. And people just loved it because it's so human and so relatable. Then, yeah. Yes. Definitely understand here. So that relates to tip number three, which is show who's talking. Introduce yourself and show your worth, which means flaunt your credentials. So these two things are related. So first, successful people like knowing interesting and successful people. So it really helps. Actually, wait, sorry. These are two different points. First, let's just talk about whether you're successful or not. Have an email signature with your URLs in it, even just one URL. If you have your own website, that's ideal. But even if all you've got is a Twitter URL or Facebook URL, give your URL because the stranger receiving it might just want a little more context. And instead of having to ask, you know, thanks for the question, Dave, but who are you? Don't make them go back and forth and ask, just include the link at the bottom. And this is considerate. The funny thing is, I'm amazed how many people have no email signature. Uh, they don't do that little thing with the two dashes and the name and the URL. And, you know, ideally in your location, you know, if you're in Rome or you're in Beijing, it's kind of cool if you just say that in your signature. So then they make me ask, who are you? Do you have any URLs? Where are you? Can you give me some more context, please? But now we have to go back and forth because they didn't say that. What's interesting is the most common response I get when I ask people for more context, like what's your URL? They say, oh, I didn't want to include the URL because I didn't want you to think I was being self-promotional. Okay. So how do you rationalize that in our minds? If we're about to reach out to yourself, for example. It's considerate to give the person you're emailing a little more context about who you are. You're not trumpeting, you're not self-promoting, you're just giving me a little context who I'm speaking with. Because in regular like human physical world, yeah. if somebody's speaking to you, you can see them. <laughs> you know? So just suddenly, as if you were speaking the real world, and suddenly there's like a voice coming out of the tree saying, you know, I have a question for you. You're going, well, who are you? Where are you? I can't see you. You know, so just understand that it's just human nature to want to know who we're speaking with. Let's say if you have a website, throw that in the signature. If you are doing something interesting, maybe put that in the body of the email somewhere. Videos are good, photos, any, any like particular kind of context that you like to see? A minimal involvement. So don't miss understand this to think that you should send a video as your first cold call email because some people have done that almost never only about once a year i get some nut who will <laughs> send nuts. nothing in the body of email but like hey derek i'm sending you a video here for you to watch i'm like oh god really <laughs> like, too much do you, too much too soon you know how it oh well that's interesting because for some people video is great medium and it seemed to you that you know, this is not the medium you like to receive first. So that's really interesting for me. Maybe it's because they don't understand the quantity that I do. I try to get through 100 emails per hour. Okay, <laughs> That's that. my usual, you know, I try to do, I answer most emails in under 20 seconds each. And if I see you've sent me a seven minute long video attachment, I'm like, oh, fuck. I might as well just stop <laughs> for breakfast and take a meal while I look at your damn sure. video. Sure. And I really, if you would have just put whatever you're saying in the video, it could have been the body of an email in plain text and I could have just read it in yeah. 30 seconds. But now it's, I'm going to have to listen for seven minutes. Oh, there, there have been times if I'm busy, I just reply saying, I'm sorry, I don't have time to watch a video. Can you please just reply? 
what yeah, exactly. What would you do if people actually send you an email telling you, do I have your permission to send you a video about X, Y, Z, or about what we do? Would you actually not like it again because it's not considerate again to not give all the context? Or you would prefer just a small blurb? And then, by the way, if you want more information or, or if you're curious about it, then here is the link to the full video. Exactly. Yeah. Ah, there yeah. you go. So that's, and so we're still on this kind of same point of, of, I'll call it point number three about show your worth and flaunt your credentials. Yeah. It's like including your URL or a couple URLs in your email signature is ideal because it's not forcing somebody to watch a video. Right. Or listen to an audio even. But there it is. If they want to click, they can. If they have time, if they're trying to answer in 10 seconds, maybe they don't have time to click your URL and maybe they don't care today. But if they want a little more context of who they're speaking to, they can click and get it. And then, yes, have videos on your site or whatever. So my last point on this is that, yeah, if you do have any accolades or credentials, now's the time to mention them. Because if I get 100 emails that are just signed with somebody's first name and no context, and then I get an email from somebody that says, you know, winner of the 2018 World Technology Award, first person to ever <laughs> climb Mount whatever, I'm going to pay a little more attention to that email. Even if it's, you know, 2020 local high school backgammon championship, you know, um, whatever, anything that just sets it apart uh, from the rest. How many of the emails you get are from people who just overdid this? They come at you self-promotional to its core, and they just start off all about them and building themselves up before they get to you part of the email. Is that a problem worth discussing or do people generally understand, hey, just show your credentials and move on? Hmm. It's not that big of a problem because, you know, okay. even in those cases, if somebody were to even go to almost a worst case scenario and include three paragraphs of going on and on about themselves, yeah. it's easy for the eye to skip those three paragraphs and get to the question at the end. It's not that big of a deal. It's take two seconds to go like, uh-huh, okay, I can skip that and get to the question. And the lesson here for you listening is people really don't care about you. It's all about them. And I don't mean that in a negative way at all. It's just if you want to capture someone's attention and get a reply, you need to spend the majority of the, of the email probably about your recipient. Would you agree? Yes, but don't forget the previous point, which is don't be too succinct. Like, I want to hear something colorful about you. It actually, it, again, I call that humanizing the inbox. If all I get are just questions with no context and no personality, uh, no feet in the pool, no, you know, I, I'm a, sure. I build guitar effects in Slovenia, um, yep. then it's boring to me. It's just questions. It's tedium. But if emails have a little bit of colorful interest, I mean, a little colorful something, like, like, okay, the, I'll admit yeah. that the, when I said at the beginning that the people that have cold emailed me that turned into friendships, it's usually because their first email to me was so jaw-droppingly interesting, even if it was totally self-indulgent. Okay, my friend who, uh, in Australia who I just got off the phone with before we began, she sent me a long, long, long email on Christmas Day, the day after breaking up with her boyfriend they were traveling in Prague, she broke up, and she sent this long email that just said, I've been walking around Prague for three hours in the snow, listening to your voice in my headphones on the interview. It really just got me through a difficult time, and thank you. And 
I don't even think she had a question or anything. It was just like a, oh, I know, but she mentioned some accolades. And she's like, that was it. In the final paragraph, she's like, oh, I guess I should tell you something about who I am. Here's my form for my credit card detail. And things like that. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> now you bought it. <laughs> but it was like, you know, she just said some quick things like, I'm a scientist who uh, would happen to be in Fukushima when the earthquake hit. Wow. Uh, I've done some work in Vanuatu helping people there. And now I'm a PhD in biology in Melbourne that's traveling the earth oh, because I, I met a German guy. And I'm like, oh, okay, now we're talking. And I, you know, that, that was one of those ones that I think like I replied saying, give me your phone number. Let's talk. <laughs> <laughs> so that goes to point number four. Which is switching to voice in the future. Yeah, yeah, we, we have to talk about this point too, The right? last thing I want to do is <laughs> cut off Derek Sivers, but I have to just... Go for it. Just to point out that like, you've made a really good case for talking a little bit more about yourself. Yes. When you cold email people, and I'll, I'll be honest, that's something we've been straying away from on the show because, you know, hey, make it all about your prospect, all about your, the person you're, you're emailing. Yeah. But I think you have a really good point and I'm pretty much ready to... Uh, back up on that approach of just the prospect because some of the crux of the email, some of the, the reasons people reply is exactly what you've been talking about, telling your backstory a little bit. So thank you for that. Yeah. It seems like, you know, it's also for your sort of own interests. You want to be entertained. Yes. And you can't really be entertaining someone if you're just, you know, asking them things. Like you say, it becomes like a job, you know, to have to answer. So I guess I got two questions. The first one is, do you answer all your emails? Yes. You do? Everyone. Okay. What do you do with, uh, for example, spam emails or emails that are obviously not taking you into consideration at all? I almost never get those. On the, okay, the obvious ones are when somebody says, I am a content creator. I would like to create some content for your website. Uh, <laughs> will you want to create my articles for your sivers.org website? And I just look at those and I'm like, okay, this is just, it's a bulk. Thing. If anybody looked at my website for one second, they'd know this is a non-commercial. I don't do that. So those <laughs> I just delete. But every other email I get, it's honestly like, you could just tell that it's, it's somebody who's read my book, watched my talk, something likes my work. I just, I don't really get pure spam. And yeah, those, if I do, I delete those because I don't really consider those. That's not personal communication. That's not what we're talking about. That's somebody right. that's, bought that's a right. list of bloggers and blasted it. That doesn't count. That's right. So is that fair to say that your sort of reply rate for your level is basically, you know, what's your phone number? Wait, what? Like most people will just not reply. You reply to every email. So is that fair to say that getting a reply from someone else is like getting a phone number for you? You see what I mean? It's like a different level. I think what Jeremy's saying is like, most people will at best give you a reply. In your case, at best, does that look like exchanging phone number? <laughs> okay. Sorry, Jeremy, if I didn't know. No, no worries. Jeremy, is that right? Is that what you meant? Yeah, that's exactly what I meant. Yeah, you're right. Um, the give me your phone number, let's talk. Yeah, you're right. That's something that I... What's your, what's your rate of actually giving your phone number? Only a few times a year. Oh, wow. A, a few times a year, if I think... So it's an achievement you can put in your signature, you know, got a phone number from Derek. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I guess at that point I would have determined that I would only do that if I felt that this person sounds like, it sounds like we're going to be actual friends. Oh, okay. Okay. So let's talk about point number four, then switch to voice if mutual. Yeah. Talk to us about what do you mean if mutual and how do you switch to voice? 
So, hmm. There's a, <laughs> it's funny, actually. So, you know, the author, Mark Manson, who wrote, um, yeah. yeah, the uh, subtle art of not giving a fuck. Beep. Um, <laughs> he, uh, he, he and I met, I've known him since before that book. Um, wow. Sorry, I'm just remembering. The reason I know Mark, he's one of those people that I cold emailed and said, dude, I fucking love your writing. You're like, you're there one you of my go. favorite bloggers. And he replied back, going, oh my God, I love your writing. I'm like, we should talk. And yeah, that's actually a perfect example. Mark and I talked on the phone a couple of times, then found out we were going to be at the same conference in Bangkok, hung out all night at a conference and have been friends since. And on the back of his bestseller book, there's a quote from me, which I was, I honestly forgot about. I was really flattered. I, uh, I saw his book in the airport bookstore once and I picked it up I'm like, oh, Mark's book. And I looked at the back and it says Derek Sivers. I was like, oh, right, I forgot. <laughs> I'm, I'm on the back of Mark's book. Anyway, um, he just came here to London a couple months ago and we hadn't seen each other since before his book exploded and sold like 10 million copies or something. And we were just talking about that, like how he's dealing with the exploding fame. And he said, he said, do you get these emails? He said, I don't mean to sound weird. He said, you know, you and I both have connections to India. But he said, what is it about people in India that are so presumptuous? Do you get these emails from Indians too? And right away, I knew what he was talking about. I don't know what it is about the, there's a cultural thing in India. It seems to be only in India. I don't know why, that both he and I get emails from strangers all the time that say like, hello, my name is so-and-so. I really need help figuring out the meaning of life. Here's my phone number. Please give me a call. <laughs> I'm like, like, in what world would I, what? <laughs> and the funny thing is, he got these too. I thought it was just me. I had never heard somebody else say this. And he so said, funny. yeah, I, I get these all the time. And I went, oh my God, weird. So what I mean is, when I say switch to voice, if mutual, yeah, it, it means no, you don't cold email a stranger and in your first email say, call me. No. But if in those scenarios I've described where, uh, yeah, Mark and I have emailed back and forth once or twice going, oh my God, I love your writing. Oh my God, I love your writing. Hey, you know what? We should talk. It's like, you could tell it's a mutual, mutually beneficial thing. The woman, the Australian who emailed me from a snowy bridge in Prague after having my voice in her headphones for three hours, that was like, okay, you sound really interesting. We should talk. So be interesting. Yeah. Excite your recipients, right? Somehow. Yes. It's like yes. light the fire in your recipients. It could be very different. That person could be really busy, doesn't really care about you. But if you have that little nugget that they're interested in, I think, I think that works very great. Right. And it's so funny, like yeah. life is such a roller coaster, you know, it goes like from total strangers to like super good friends, super buddy. And I also like the fact that you mentioned that sometime, you know, friends change. And that means you need yes. to continuously actually do that because different, different life stages, I should say, then, yeah. you know, sometimes leads to a different friendship. So yeah. it's beautiful. Love it. Jeremy, you asked at the beginning a question that stumped me a bit where you said, what do you do with yeah. these people? I realized there's one other aspect is I keep track of where everybody is. I have my own kind of address book <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs> You're worse than the NSA. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, it's just one of my questions I ask, like, where are you? And if somebody says, I live in Helsinki. I'm like, oh, cool. Helsinki is a really interesting place. I'd like to visit someday. I'll let you know if I do. And sure enough, about three months ago, 
out of the blue, like on a Sunday afternoon, I said, I feel like going to Helsinki. And that night I hopped a plane to Helsinki from London. So good. And when I arrived, I looked in my book to see who had emailed me from Helsinki. And no. I, I contacted like four people that had emailed me and seemed to be pretty cool, interesting people. And I said, hey, I'm in Helsinki for three days. Uh, let's meet up. And, you know, the next day I'm sitting in my underwear in a sauna with some dude that had emailed me. Uh, so cool. Well, I'm in Switzerland, aren't there? Like, you, you know that. I want to come to Switzerland someday. <laughs> <laughs> I actually read a whole book about Swiss culture, but I've never even been there yet. I'm super interested in Switzerland. <laughs> anyway, uh, so yeah, switching, switching to voice if mutual just kind of means if you can tell that there's mutual interest here, like take it to the next level. You can take it out of email, especially because I'm assuming most of us spend too much time at the computer typing. And sometimes it's really nice to just switch to phone. Okay. You get up, you're in your kitchen making a meal while you're talking to somebody. It can be, um, but it has to, I only talk on the phone with people that I feel I could actually be real friends with. Okay. And how do you transition to phone? I'm usually just the first to ask. I'm just like, hey, let's talk. <laughs> Here's my phone number. Call me. Simple. Um, yeah, that's it. And some people say no, or some people say, oh, yeah, um, yeah, we, sh we should totally um, talk someday. But then they don't. You just go, okay, some people just aren't <laughs> phone people, you know? Mm -hmm. That's all right. Mm -hmm. Cool. So that brings us to number five, and that's uh, interesting. Never ask if they'll mentor. This one to me is a little bit like the India example I gave yeah. three minutes ago, where I'd say almost every month I get an email from a stranger. It's like you know, hey, my name's so-and-so and I'm here and I'm really trying to figure out what to do with my business. Da, 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 da. So my question is, will you be my mentor? <laughs> I'm like, wait, what? Uh, to me, that's, you know, I mean, there's, there's levels of engagement that you can have with somebody. And let's say if marriage is here at the top, being a mentoring somebody is a little, just a little below marriage. <laughs> like, and so to, for somebody to ask coldly, in an email as a stranger, if I will be their mentor? Uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine? Um, yes, stranger. You are now beholden to me. You will follow my guidance. <laughs> well, you should start a cult. You know, at least you have a few followers <laughs> by then. <laughs> so personally, I don't know about other people, but you're interviewing me. You're not interviewing somebody else right now. So I have no interest in mentoring. But if you ask me a question by email, I will answer it. So I was, when people ask if I will mentor them, I say, no, but what do you want to know? Just ask your question. Instead of making this some weird official mentorship relationship, no, just if there's something you want to know, just ask and I'll answer. And on that note, though, related to this, is I think it's important before you ask a public person a question, I think it's really important to read through that person's public output first so yeah well i think that's decency right at this yes. point right yeah so yeah often the answer to somebody's question the answer to your question may already be out there in a book or an interview and it's not the recipient's obligation to go repeat for you something that yeah. you didn't have the uh that you're too lazy to go find out for yourself it's your job to find it yeah not their job to repeat it to you and by the way, if you're, I don't know, let's take you, for example, Derek, if you want to see if there's a post out there, because you have quite a few, one little trick that someone can do for any website you go 
in Google, site, colon, and then you drop in the URL, and then you put space, capital letters, A-N-D, space, and then a, use direct quotes for the topic you're looking for. And that'll basically return any article that mentions that keyword. So if you're looking up uh, if an author or meaning of life, <laughs> yeah, meaning of life, it could be out there. And, it, you know, this is just hopefully a faster way to get there instead of uh, cycling through pages of blog posts. Right. Yeah, true. Um, you mentioned before our interview here, you mentioned by email the fact that I wrote this post once about uh, how to find a mentor or something. I forget what I titled it, but uh, it's sivers.org slash ment, M-E-N-T. Yeah, that's the one. Thank you. Um, so I do this myself that very often, like Seth Godin and I are somewhere between friends and acquaintances. He published my first book and uh, we've hung out, we've talked a lot. But when I have a question for Seth, it's tempting to just email him the question. Say, hey, Seth, I got a question for you. But every time I do, I stop for a second. I think, hold on, Seth's a busy dude. I'm sure he's probably mentioned this somewhere in his writing. So now it's my obligation, even if it takes me an hour or two, to go skim again through the Kindle books of his I have and search his sets.blog and all that kind of stuff to see if he's answered this. And almost every time, sure enough, he's already mentioned this or something close to it. So I end up not emailing him after all, except maybe to say, I have quite a few times sent him nothing but like, hey, thanks, Seth. I just wanted to thank you for your kind of like ongoing inspiration. And I just send him a thanks instead of a question. Very cool. Um, Very cool. Yeah. So anyway, those are my five tips, but we could talk about anything else too. Yeah. Thank you, Derek. Uh, well said. And I, I think each tip is um, bringing something new to the conversation we're usually having on the podcast. So thanks. So Derek, we're reaching out to people. We're being more human. We're being interesting, hopefully. Now, at what point do we want to keep following up if we don't get that initial reply? Should we back off? What's your take on following up? Okay. Follow-up is counterintuitive because persistence is polite. And I think this is counterintuitive because if you're in high school, for example, and you have a crush on somebody and you call that person and they don't call you back or you text them, they don't text you back. It's like, yeah, take a hint. They're not into you. <laughs> <laughs> and so we learn that lesson painfully as teenagers that if somebody doesn't reply you know, that means they're just not into you, let it go. But in a professional world, when people are busy and swamped in communication, and especially if you're hitting their email box, which is less personal than, you know, a text on a phone, I think being persistent is polite because imagine the two scenarios. So scenario one, you email somebody, they never get back to you. And for the rest of your life, you curse them as an asshole. <laughs> You just decide that they're just a, a jerk and mean and you, and you just, you know, for the rest of your life, just tell anybody that will listen that that jerk never got back to you. Or you email somebody, they don't get back to you. You give them the benefit of the doubt. And a week or two later, you email again saying, hey, I emailed you a week ago. I never heard back from you. I have this question. It's really important if you don't mind, whatever it may be. And if they don't e reply back a second time, Maybe you do it one last time or try some other way to reach them or something like that. Maybe they don't check their email, but they do check their Twitter or something like that. You try one more time because you're being considerate and polite enough to assume that they're just busy and give them the benefit of the doubt. That's generous. It's polite. 
Mm. to persistently follow up. And I have an interesting little story about that. So for one, I've been on the receiving end of that. When I was at my busiest uh, running CD Baby, there were a couple times where somebody emailed me and it took them four times to get in touch with me because I was just swamped. And I really appreciated that 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 person didn't take it personally, that they just kept following up. And then by the time they said like, hey, this is my fourth time, I'm still trying to get in touch with you. Then I went, ah, right, sorry, I've been swamped. But you know what? You're right, this is your fourth time trying to reach me. I'm gonna stop what I'm doing right now and give this my full attention. And I thought that was really sweet and, and polite of them. But there was a fascinating story that came years before that when I was a musician in New York City promoting myself. I went to go hire a publicist. And this publicist that I wanted to work with was like the hottest publicist in New York City at that time. Everybody in the music business wanted to work with her. In fact, the only way I could even get an appointment with her is I contacted local music magazine and asked if I could do a freelance story for them on about her. And they said yes. And so I contacted her as if from the magazine. Brilliant. Nice. I love it. Oh, I love that. I'd like to do a story wow. for you. So is it. And so that's why she said yes and agreed to meet with me. I did actually do an article on her for the magazine, but that's how I also got in her office and able to find out how she works. So look at that. So one good. of my questions, I've always been resourceful. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of my questions was, how does a musician get your attention? Like these people that you choose to work with, how do they get a hold of you? How do they get your attention? And she said, and this is back in the day before everything was digital. People were still sending physical packages. So I'm going to say inbox as a physical thing, right? Got it. So she showed me in her office three big boxes. And she said, everything that comes in the mail gets put into the first inbox over there. And there it sits and we don't even look at it. And when somebody follows up and says, hey, I'm following up to see if you received my package. Then we go to that inbox, we take it out of the first inbox, we put it in the second inbox, and we continue to ignore it. When they follow up a second time wow. and say, hey, I really wanna work with you, I'm following up again to see if you've had the chance to listen to my package. Then we pull it out of the second inbox and put it into the third inbox. The third inbox, when we have time, sometimes we go through it. But usually what happens is they have to follow up a third time to say, this is my third time following up. I've contacted you three times before. Have you had the chance to listen? And she said, then I feel that this person is, has showed me that they're worth my time, that they're persistent about... Um, really wants. That this means enough to them to follow up. She said, because a lot of people just spam and they don't care enough to follow up which means they don't care enough about you. If they really, really, really want to work with you, not someone, but you, they will let you know through their persistence. If somebody doesn't follow up, I guess it, they didn't really want to work with me that bad. So granted, she was the hottest publicist in town. She was completely drowning in people wanting to work with her. But it was an interesting way to see how she dealt with that. And it was very, um, it gave me a lot of empathy for people in that situation. So Derek, I know that some of our listeners may be hearing you and thinking, okay, I understand that being persistent is 
is polite, is uh, essential to reach certain people, but I want to do so in a way that doesn't annoy them. Do you have any tips for that question? I think it's just human nature. It's if you are giving somebody the benefit of the doubt and not being mean or getting cranky <laughs> about it. How dare you ignoring me? <laughs> Tone is important. Yeah, you're a little passive aggressive kind of like, <laughs> you know, I've emailed you three times, you know. Instead, if you're just gentle and understanding and compassionate and you just politely send a second or third email and don't get upset about it, I think... Um, persistence pays off. So so well said. I should raise the bar. I only have like one follow-up before I actually start replying. Maybe I should raise it to two then now. You're giving me some ideas here. Okay, so before we move on, is there anything else uh, in terms of persistence that you'd like our listeners to know about? No, that's it. I mean, also, I guess you've just got to use your instincts to try to know when it's a dead end and not get too upset about it. Okay. And not to feel rejected. Because again, there are just times where people are going through crazy, even, you know, some of my actual dear friends that are also famous, sometimes don't even like reply to my texts. <laughs> and I could get bent out of shape about it, but then I'm like, okay, he's just swamped. Like, he's just a poor guy. True. He's like, yeah. He's too famous. Um, he's and I don't trying think to ignore famous. you, but you keep on coming <laughs> right. back. We're going to talk about rejection uh, in just a moment, but I okay. want to revisit one thing that you mentioned earlier in the in the conversation is you may need to try a different approach yes. as you are being persistent. Okay, so you've tried emailing yep. three times. Maybe they're more active on Twitter. Maybe you have better luck on Instagram. Maybe LinkedIn is, is for them. Um, so mix up the channels at a certain point before giving up could be a good uh, piece of advice, yeah? Exactly. In fact, thanks for mentioning that. I hadn't thought about this until you said it just now, that I only log into Twitter itself, like log in to see my Twitter DMs. I only do that like once every year or two. Oh, wow. Wrong channel for you. <laughs> and when I do, there's usually like a collection of DMs in there from people that like asked me a question like nine months ago. I never even saw it till now. But, you know, it says right there in my Twitter profile, like, I don't check my DMs, please email me. Mm. But, you know, if somebody doesn't see that or if their medium is to use Twitter DMs, then, yeah, I might just never see it. In the same way, some people have a public Gmail address that they just don't check anymore. They just might not be seeing your emails. So, yeah, you never know what medium someone's using these days. Yeah, and that's a good thing to keep in mind so that we don't take it personally when someone doesn't get back to us. You could have just, right. you know, reached out to a place that, they're checking annually. So yeah. talk to us about rejection and really how do you deal with it? Have you been dealing with any kind of like rejections in terms of hoping for a reply, maybe a text message to a friend who just didn't get back to you? Is there a conversation or a rejection we can maybe uh, have for a moment? Do you even, do you even get rejected these days? Mm, in the silence like that, yeah. I mean, I guess I... I don't really ask anything of anyone, really. But if, even if I do, I, I mean, there'd probably be time. I think I just don't let it stick to me too much. I just kind of, uh, I guess I'm a little pessimistic or I never put too much weight onto any one person or any one communication, you know? So I guess that's the only thing where we'd really feel rejected. I mean, we think of it more in terms of like romantic rejection. If like this one person means a lot to you. Your expectations on this person are as high as can be. And if that person rejects you, that hurts. But if it's like, 
eh, you know, it's just somebody that, you know, you were looking forward to talking to maybe. And if it doesn't happen, oh, well. There was one of those people that I reached out to, one of my favorite authors. I won't name names now because you'll see why. That, <laughs> uh, yeah, one of my favorite authors of all time, I cold emailed out of the blue. He replied, I was like, oh my God, cool. Oh my God, I'm talking to my favorite author. And we actually had like two email exchanges back and forth. And he said, this is when I was living in New Zealand two years ago. And he said, hey, in fact, I'm coming to New Zealand in a couple months. We should try to meet up there. And I said, that'd be great. What day are you, uh, what day do you want to try to meet up? And he never again replied. And mm. I emailed again, like when that day got closer, because I think he said like, I'm going to be there for the book fair. So I knew what week it was. So as it got closer, I emailed again. Like, hey, it's Derek Sivers again. Do you still want to try to meet up when you're here? <laughs> and he didn't reply. And I think I sent one more tiny, like, hey, no, the book fair is going on. I'm here if you want to meet up. Never heard back. I'm like, eh, whatever. And honestly, I had... Uh, Maybe he lost his password. You know, who knows? <laughs> exactly. Full <laughs> chap, you know? Right. So I hadn't really thought about it until right now, since we're on the subject. Uh, yeah, maybe I should email him again. It's been a couple of years. But um, yeah, you just, you just don't take it personally. You just assume people are swamped. And most people, you know, I'm on top of my inbox. Most people aren't. God, there's one of my friends. It just freaks me out when I look at her phone and she's got that little uh, oh, Gmail yeah. icon that says like 6,984. That, that's like how many unread emails there are. I'm like, what don't, <laughs> how do you... How do you look at that number and not get upset by it? Like, can't you just delete all? And she's yeah. like, eh, whatever, I don't even look at it. And even my family members, I have some family members that are, we have mutual friends. Like my sister will email her and like never hear back. And she's like, hey, why hasn't she gotten back to me? I'm like, uh, she's just, she's bad with email. Okay, so I'm hearing that this sort of comes natural to you. Maybe you've never put so much weight into getting a reply from one person. Um, and that's that always, romantic. That's <laughs> romantic. Fair enough. <laughs> what would you tell a listener who's saying, like, man, I'm still getting hung up if, like, I really put a lot of time into a message and I follow up properly and I don't hear back from them? Like, what would you tell them to take some of the weight off of that? I think that's just um, that's the wrong approach in life in general. You can't put too much into any one thing. I mean, okay, without the obvious example of your kids, you're about to have a baby. You could put a lot of hope into your baby. That's allowed. Okay. Um, <laughs> but, you know, even our friendships, there are some friendships that you might lean on too much. And the truth is you can't put too much weight into any one friend. Well, sometimes you can, but it's healthier not to lean too much into any one person, into any one project, into any one expectation. You always got to understand there's always this chance that, especially if it's something involving other people, you know, other people have different priorities than you. They are different people than you. <laughs> they have different values and different things going on in their life that are more important to them. So yeah, I think even in terms of business and projects and all of that, uh, yeah, you've always got to just loosen up and let go of it. There's a book that uh, I read a while back, but it still sticks with me today. It's called The Four Agreements. And it's kind of self-helpy, but really, uh, I don't know, just addressing some pretty key topics. One of the agreements that it says is to never take anything personally, nice. because you don't have a say in what that person has gone through up until this point that caused them to act in that way. There's very little that we can actually blame on ourselves for how someone else is behaving. Nice. So 
I don't know. Maybe if you're struggling with that, that could be a good uh, place to turn to. One of the way I personally, I share that same lack of feeling in a sense is that for me, because I feel like I don't matter, you know, it doesn't matter, then I don't take it personally. There's no value associated to it. So I got also that sort of like calm then when people are just, you know, rejecting me. It's like, it's okay. It's just part of life. Yeah. Cool. Derek, you've uh, given us Sivers.org slash book for all of your book recommendations. You rate them, you summarize them, but you're on the podcast. Can you tell us, are there any new books that you've been really enjoying that have helped you, you know, on really any topic? Hmm. Um, ah, sorry, I've, I've talked about this one a few times publicly, but I'm going to do it one more time. Is <laughs> The Courage to be Disliked is one of the most interesting books I've read in a long time. It's, there was a contemporary of Sigmund Freud's named, is it Alder or Adler? I forget which, that didn't get as famous as Freud, but his ideas on relationships and interactions are just fascinating. And so um, this Japanese author kind of dug up his works and got to know them and turned it into this pseudo-fictional non-fiction thing. He set it up as a conversation between a teacher and a student. And that was the way that he wrote the book. The title, The Courage to be Disliked, is not really what the book is about. That's actually like one of 20 topics inside of it. It's just a fascinating, fascinating book with radically different and interesting ideas on how we relate to the world. And so, yeah, Courage to be Disliked is probably the single most interesting book I've read in a couple of years. Awesome. Is that right? Okay. Uh, the Courage to be Disliked. And I know you maybe don't you may or may not want to discuss this, but you have a book that's on the horizon. I mean, personally, like, when can I get my hands on it? Like, what, what's... <laughs> <laughs> I have three books on the horizon. I have one that uh, is going called Your Music and People, which your listeners might actually be interested in, even if they're not musicians. And I'm not saying this to sell a book because I don't care, but... A lot of the topics we talked about today, including the publicists and the, and the persistence and all of this stuff and emailing, is something I've been talking with musicians about for years. You know, I was in the music business for 20 years. And so a friend of mine who's totally one of those like direct marketing business kind of guys, he read my book called Your Music and People. And he just thought it was a great marketing book. He's like, this is totally a marketing book. You know, I, I have no interest in music, but it's just a great book on marketing. So yeah, Your Music and People is my next book that is, uh, it's already done. And I'm actually just literally today up until we were talking. And as soon as we're done talking, I've been programming the storefront on my sippers.org website to nice. split directly. Then the second book is also done. That's called Hell Yeah or No, which is a collection of, articles about what's worth doing. I called it Hell Yeah or No because it's, uh, that's the recurring theme is deciding what's worth doing. And so that's really exciting. That's kind of a, uh, it's best of articles that were already on my site, but collected together with a theme. So that's Hell Yeah or No. And then my third book, I'm still writing right now. And that's called How to Live. And it is 27 one-sided arguments and one conclusion all answering the question, how to live. So that way yeah. you'll know how to answer those Indian messages, no? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, meaning of life, <laughs> I got that down. I got that figured out. It only took you 6,000 emails, I know, asking you these questions to do the book. 
Sorry, Jack, you were about to say something. I guess we can stay updated by going to Sivers.org. Is there maybe help us out? So we know now that you would like to hear from listeners. You basically have uh, schooled us on the right way to do <laughs> outreach. So you better, you know, if if you're listening to this, uh, use all the these tips that Derek has kindly shared with us and strike up a conversation. So tell us what to do next. Should we hop over to Sivers.org and then contact or? Yeah. Yeah. And don't, and, <laughs> sorry, despite everything I said, don't overthink it. <laughs> it's, you know, isn't that the rule with anything? It's like learn the rules and then, and then try not to, or try to forget them. So yeah, go to Sivers.org and send me an email and say hello and introduce yourself. I just, I like hearing from people. It's fun. And I have a mailing list that if somebody wants to get on my mailing list, then you'll be the first to hear my little things when new things are launched or just private things like asking if you're alive. And I'll give a little testimonial. I was one of those cold emails that you wrote back to. And I asked, a, I think it was a business question on, you know, sort of directions to, to take things. And, and I'll have to say what you gave me was... Uh, really freaking helpful. So if you're listening, just know that you'll be probably pleasantly surprised at uh, the reply if you actually reach out and engage with Derek on yourself and and all the things we talked about. So yeah, man, that was really helpful for me personally. So thanks. Thanks for telling me that. That's actually, it's it's the, the sweetest thing I hear by email is when somebody tells me that every now and then I get somebody that will say, you know, Four years ago, you wrote an article encouraging us to learn programming and specifically to learn JavaScript. Well, I ended up following your advice and I read the books that you suggested and I ended up learning JavaScript, which helps me quit the dumb job I was doing and I got a job as a programmer and now I'm making six figures a year and I'm so happy and it's all because of that one article you wrote. Yeah, it's crazy. Huh? Whoa, that is the coolest compliment ever. So um, yeah, no. hearing that I actually concretely helped you in some way just by answering an email yeah. that I don't even remember, that's really awesome. Yeah, thanks, man. And uh, yeah, thanks for so much for stopping by the show and, and talking cold email with us. Yeah, thanks, Jack. Yeah. And thanks, Jeremy. That was really fun. Thanks, Eric. That was awesome. Hey, cold emailer. Yeah, you. If you got some value from this episode, give us a high vibe by sharing a two-sentence review on iTunes. I'll see you. I'll tune in. That works too. It's a quick way to help other growth-minded folks like us find this podcast. So they can send awesome emails. And make everyone's inbox a better place. Thanks.